I'm just saying. How do we know it's called a podcast? Because of all the mics. Well, things just got a little chillier. Welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 79, and I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. It's going to be back oh on the goodness. show. All right, freaky <clears throat> mammal. Sorry, uh, sorry, something stuck in my throat there. Quack, <laughs> quack, everybody. Great to be back on the show. You know, Jeremy, I am happy to be recording Back in our normal, usual way, because the last episode, we recorded our live episode, the Staple Awards, for year three. And I have to say, I kind of got used to, like, standing up and walking around with the mic. Not going to lie. Yeah. The only thing that was weird is that there's just a bunch of people that showed up. I know. That was so weird. Yeah. So, but that was fun. Maybe we should just walk around. Maybe let's go to Planet Fitness and record on the treadmills. We could do that. That'd be really weird. We should just interview people. Just ask them like IQ IQ (laughs) IQ test questions. How do we know it's an ice age? (laughs) (laughs) The voice is slipping back. Um, (laughs) Let's keep it that way. We can just ask people, you know, like, oh, what was the first movie you saw in theaters? Like Ice Age. Ice Age, my guy. Please let me get, let me lift, bro. (laughs) Yeah, no. So today we are covering... One of the stapliest staples of my childhood, uh, specifically, uh, Ice Age. Uh, now, Jonathan, this is definitely my movie over yours. Yeah. I think we can both agree on that. I, I uh, think so. I think so. This one right here just like reached in, reaches into my soul and brought out like the origins of my comedic brain. Ooh. Not saying I have a comedic brain. It's just like, this gets my sense of humor. <laughs> Were you one of the kids that saw this movie and just made Sid's personality your entire Absolutely. comedic sensibility? Of course. <laughs> I saw Sid, and I related to him so hard. Like, okay, Jonathan, I'm sure you know this, that I was the youngest of our family, and I had to fight for a lot of attention. <laughs> Not from the parents necessarily, but from the brothers. Mm. Uh, so I'm always just like trying. I I learned watching this movie that uh, if you make funny jokes, people will laugh, and you get the attentions of your older brothers. So I became Sid, no matter how annoying that could have been, because I was already the annoying younger brother, and I was probably the manny and was just like, "Leave me alone! <laughs> Leave me alone!" All right. Why don't you care? <laughs> I always viewed him as Larry. I don't know why. Mm. You know, I was thinking, though, I, I'm pretty sure that our older brothers kind of liked this one, too, though. I remember watching it all together at least it's a few a classic. times. It's a classic. I don't remember seeing it in theaters, though. Maybe mm. It came out in 2002. Maybe we did see it. Um, You did see this in theaters, because I have a story about this. Oh, really? Yeah, so there was... All right, let's let's rewind a little bit here. Are you sure this wasn't us watching Cheaper by the Dozen 2 
when they go was, see Ice Age in theaters. I was gonna years after that. it came out. Dad, can I go with Elliot Murtaugh to the movies? <laughs> I was gonna mention that I, how they watched that on their date in Cheaper by the Dozen too. You beat me to it, but. We did see this movie. Well, you saw it in theaters. I didn't. Yeah, I went to the theaters the same night as you. Really? So let's back up a little bit. Um, after the movie Remember the Titans came out, I decided yeah. I'm a Denzel Washington fan. Wait, this was the John Q. Well, let me, unless I'm like misremembering now, let me look it up. Okay. But my memory is I wanted to see... The, the next movie after Remember the Titans was the movie John Q with Denzel Washington. The sequel to Remember the Titans, of course. Yes. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, but I couldn't remember what letter uh, comes before Q. <laughs> I was going to be like, it's the sequel to John. P. Insert the letter. John, John P. P. <laughs> the next installment of the John series, John Q. <laughs> All right. Um, so I remember I wanted to go see that movie. And this is how I remember it anyway, is that like I asked I asked mom and dad. They decided, OK, dad will go with me to go see John Q. And I believe you and mom yeah. went to at an, you know, a similar screening at the same time. You went and watched Ice Age. That's correct. So I never saw it until we actually got it like on DVD. But I do remember that. I specifically remember walking in the parking lot up to it and seeing the John Q poster and then I guess the Ice Age poster and I was I didn't know you guys were seeing a different movie until we were getting tickets Mm. so you guys were saying like oh we're gonna go see John Q I was like what is that (laughs) I don't want to see that we're seeing Ice Age and they're like yeah go and I was like what oh (laughs) okay well then I felt left out even though I saw the better movie (laughs) <laughs> oh man john q's a classic i looked up the the release date for john q it's february 15th 2002 and ice age came out on march 15th 2002 so they would okay. have been in theaters at the same time so I, okay i think i'm remembering this correctly i don't remember a time where i haven't loved this movie mm-hmm. and usually a theater experience really kicks that off and that makes sense because our story starts mainly with the gift story the gift debacle right there's an infamous infamous story regarding ice age and jeremy a very embarrassing story i might which add. we've told which we've told this on the podcast before when we did check it run, but that's right <laughs> but we're telling it again yeah no this is more important uh so yes uh christmas of 2003 i believe or maybe 2002 maybe because this came out early this yeah yeah, it was like spring. So yeah, it was probably the winter. O two. Fresh out of pre-K. All right. We go over to our aunt's house, aunt and uncle's house, and uh I get this great gift set. You know, I get Ice Age on DVD. Now, Ice Age was my first ever DVD. Wow. Now this is an important staple. But the problem, that's not why it's embarrassing. I got the VHS of Chicken Run along with it. So immediately, I loved Chicken Run, but, you know, <laughs> has nothing to do with the DVD. You know? <laughs> uh, so I love it. And then I go into the other room, and then everyone, all the adults and the older kids are sitting in the living room. 
and uh, they're opening up their gifts, and it's an envelope with a card with $20 in it, and I felt betrayed. <laughs> I felt so left out. Even though I got a great gift that was worth probably even more than $20. Uh, yeah. But that's cold hard cash. And I I guess that's like one of my only like, I mean, I'm sure I threw fits before, but this is like the worst fit I threw. <laughs> the worst reason for throwing a fit. It wasn't like a bad fit, but I was just like, <laughs> I want Ice Age and $20. I was like Dudley Dursley in this first Harry Potter movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so bad like i i guess i said it once that our aunt was like she felt bad so she made up another card real quick and got me the twenty dollars i got twenty dollars i got ice age i got chicken run on vhs and i got a spanking when i got home i'm sure you did <laughs> worth it man I'm, i remember when you saying that and just getting such like secondhand embarrassment for you like i know <laughs> i was like oh man <laughs> That's what a child. Look at me. I'm over here. I'm pushing. I'm pushing 10 years old. I know way better. I'm way more wiser to the world. He's in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I was just like a little brat. I mean, I'm the youngest. I've got to be, you know, who else is going to be the brat? You know, and I, I may or may not have, you know, maybe waved the $20 bill in your face like, haha, look what I got. You know, <laughs> you definitely did. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this was your first DVD, and I, I think I speculated on our Cool Runnings episode. Cool Runnings was definitely one of my first ones, but it wasn't the first one, because I actually wanted to come back to this being like your first DVD, because I, I so it's so ingrained in my mind as this being one of like the first movies we watched, like on our TV using a DVD yeah. player. And yeah, I got yeah. for, for Christmas, I don't know if it was the same year or the year before, but like for Christmas, I didn't ask for one, but I got a DVD player for Christmas. And I was like, oh, this is this is cool, I guess. And I was kind of like a little bit put out because it was something that I wasn't going to be able to like keep in my room. It was like, mm. oh, it's my gift, but like it's just going to be used by the whole family, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I was a little like, I felt a little shortchanged, but I was also like glad to have it because yeah. definitely everything was like moving, you know, the route of from VHS to DVDs. But I remember I got Way the DVD the player. I remember I got the DVD player and I'll tell you what movies did come with it. I don't know if my, I think one of these like came with the DVD and then one of them was one that mom picked out and gave to me. Okay. All right. The DVD that came with the actual DVD player was call of the wild yep um and i was like what is this i don't care about this and we watched <laughs> it one time and i was like we don't like this <laughs> I, I don't even think i ever watched maybe i did watch it and i was so bored with it yeah it, it's probably really good I, does yeah, it have I'm sure it is charlton heston in it or something i i don't know carlton from fresh prince is that what you call said call of the wild and i'm not talking about the harrison ford new one it's like, and then I met Buck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Who has I, more CGI? <laughs> Harrison Ford being de-aged or the dog? We'll never <laughs> know. Um, so the book, see, the book is by Jack London. So I, 1972? 
1935? There's a bunch of remakes. When? Anyways, I keep looking it up and I keep getting the 2021. I, I just typed in Call of the Wild old. Old. <laughs> and yeah, you're right. It has a Charl- Charlton. Charlton Heston. Car- okay. Charlton Heston. Okay. Yeah. So that's the movie that came with it. I didn't care about that. I feel like I gave it an obligatory watch one time. And halfway through, mom was like, it's okay. You can turn it off. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, it's bad. <laughs> we just got it because it has Moses from the Ten Commandments in it. <laughs> uh, the other movie that came with it was Zeus and Roxanne. Now, that's a good one. That's a classic. That's a staple that we'll cover on this podcast for sure. That was not one that came <laughs> with the DVD player. That was one that mom picked out and was probably like, ooh, I want to watch this. You know, an animal movie. Sweet. Uh, and if you don't know what the movie is, it's, you know, it's just about a dolphin befriending a dog. And it also stars Kathleen Quinlan and Steve Gutenberg. You know, just classic 90s. Oh, fare. Steve Gutenberg from the Big Green. Yeah. Yeah. Deputy Dog. In the Hallmark movies, Christmas movies, uh, <laughs> Meet the Santas and uh, the Sant. I don't know. And others. And others. <laughs> Who's the who was the other one? The the other actress, Kathleen yeah. Quinlan. I who just know that? her because she she's the wife of Tom Hanks in Apollo thirteen. That's the only thing <gasps> I, that's the only other thing I remember. Apollo thirteen, another staple of our childhood. Yeah. And you know, Jeremy, you're talking about Ice Age. You did mention this was a staple, right? Yes, I did. And you mean like it's a staple? Oh, no. So, like, whenever I say it's a staple, I, I would say, and I, I mean it's a staple. It, I might as go as so far as that it's a stapliest staple of all. Um, of all the staples. I mean, you can't get much staplier than this. That's true. Um, except you, you could. <laughs> but this is probably, like, an iconic staple. Yeah. I mean, we got, I got the DVD player. And I remember Ice Age being like one of the very early movies we ever like watched on our home TV, like using the DVD player. Um, And yeah, so yeah, when I think of like DVDs, I really think of like this movie. I mean, like the Shrek DVD menu is iconic. Oh, like I remember the Ice Age. I remember like watching DVD menus, dude. I mean, it's just oh man, it's just a lost art. This one is really good. It's really, it's literally just a scene, though. They didn't animate their own. They just cut up the, the roller coaster ice slide scene. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. <laughs> I also thought it was funny. I opened up the DVD case like before recording here to yeah. just kind of look through the insert and stuff, and it's a two disc, you know, special edition DVD, as all DVDs were back then. And I flipped over like the first disc. The little like sleeve that's like inserted yeah. in there, you know. Yeah, I flipped it over, and there was a Papa John's ad Papa on the Papa John's back of it. ad. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is some prime real estate. It's good ad space, honestly. <laughs> now, was there any deals on there? Did you just say buy Papa John's? No, it was just like better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. So, anyways, this episode is not sponsored by Papa John's, but the movie might have been. Might have been. Because I was thinking of like some of the behind the scenes stuff, I was like pulling it up on YouTube and I watched a little behind the scenes of the movie. And the director was talking about how like, oh, when when 
you know, an animated movie is set in Paris, you know, the animators all go to Paris and they bring their sketchbooks and, you know, draw art and try and, you know, figure yeah. out the, the landscape. And in this case, like we don't really have any options for that because the, the, the world of Ice Age has all melted, you know, so it's like we just had to go to like they're just like we just have to go back to like a natural history museum or something like that and just draw like yeah. skeletons and stuff. Um, but the thing I thought was funny was they talked to like some. I want to say anthropologists or something I, mm -hmm. about like the creatures and stuff, the animals that they could use. And they said like, Oh, this is fine. You can do this. Just don't put any dinosaurs in there. Cause they were extinct at that point. And I just thought that was funny. Everyone in the YouTube comments was just like, mm, don't let them watch ice age three. They're setting up the sequel. <laughs> this isn't near the end of the ice age. Cause like the second one's called the meltdown. Mm. These, these creatures are just super old like they have really long lifespans have you ever seen an ice age sequel i have not uh, listeners might be ashamed to hear this but i <laughs> i i have not either although i do own ice age 2 the meltdown on dvd i think i picked it up at a yard sale but uh during the time we had this like i mean we still kind of do we have this like it wasn't even a straight to DVD sequel, so this is canon. Like it's fine. Oh yeah. Um but we had this thing about sequels that you could just get a vibe where yeah, it's not gonna be good. Like Sandlot Two. Home Alone Four. Because the first three are gas. Especially the third one. Third one is gas. And I will we will die on that hill. Toy Story five recently announced. Nuh uh. It was for real. Are you serious? It was. Breaking news on this podcast. You're joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> they brought you Bob Iger. They brought Bob Bob Iger back to Disney so they can just make Toy Story five. Of course. Because <laughs> Lightyear bombed, probably. I'm not mad. I don't like I'm tired of it. I you know what? I'm just I gotta save my opinions on Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Frozen three? That was a long time coming. <laughs> Zootopia 2? <laughs> Irrelevant. What? Come on. <laughs> Zootopia had a chokehold on 2016, and that's about it. But Zootopia... See, Zootopia had a sloth, though. A very funny sloth scene in it. Yes. Oh, for sure. And he was, he was actually being very slow and sloth-like, unlike Sid. he looked Sid. more like a sloth. Uh, okay, <laughs> to be fair, Sid was not... He was a Paleolithic sloth. Oh, okay. you say that. He wasn't an actual sloth that we know today because, you know, they had to go through so many evolutionary breakthroughs. Mm. I, I'm looking up Toy Story 5 because I truly did not believe you. No, he announced, and, like, the CEO announced it on, like, an investor <laughs> call. One of the um, articles says, Toy Story 5, undermining another perfect ending. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I just thought, I, I didn't know, I hadn't discussed this with you, so I didn't know if that would be a surprise when I dropped that in there. It really story was. Five. <laughs> oh, well, man. I feel like we're talking about a lot of other movies other than Ice Age, and I'd like to continue that theme because I have a couple okay. other movies I'd like to talk about here. <laughs> okay. I, I have always, um, I think there is like a triangle of connected movies that all came out at the same time, animated kids' movies that okay. have similar um, 
plot, characters, themes. Case in point, I think there's a connection that can be made between Monsters, Inc. and Ice Age. Okay. There's like a, you know, kind of a, a, a duo, a comedy duo. One, like a, a very kind of annoying small sidekick with a big, okay. big hairy character. Um, they both find a child and have to bring them home. Yeah. Um, another connection is maybe Shrek, which is kind of another duo. They're not bringing a child, but they're trying, you know, it's like a road trip movie where they're trying yeah. to bring Fiona back to the castle. Always have an annoying sidekick. That's how you do things. <laughs> and look, I... It all started with Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> and I'm a fan. You know, Diego, going back to Monsters, Inc., he's the Randall of the movie, you know? Like, there's some similarities He's the double here. agent. <laughs> now, we don't have a fungus character, or do we? Uncle Fungus? And I said... No, I feel like... <laughs> Uncle Fungus? <laughs> Guys? Uh, I feel like... Diego is definitely more of a fungus because mm. Randall's evil all the way through. I guess that's true. He's just kind of a slimy uh, character. I don't know. Man, Toy Story 5. Okay. <laughs> Buckle up. I got to process that later. Later. Okay, next movie. I just always, well, that that's basically it. Just those three movies, Ice Age, Monsters, Inc., and Shrek all came okay. out within a year and I feel like there's a lot of overlapping theme, story, character, ideas. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying I've, I've noticed it. Well, as, to even be fair, as a kid. That, is, that is such a, not, it's a good story, but it is a generic story. It's true. I mean, bringing someone I'm, back, bringing an unlikely band of heroes together to go towards a cause, a common goal. And a lot of times that involves differentiating character personalities for sure yeah and a silent kid <laughs> but not all of them have really bad cgi humans so mm. those other movies have that going for them but i say it's probably not but well, of the th of the three monsters inc ice age shrek which one has the worst cgi oh dude actually I'm about to say Shrek. You think so? I, I'm going to well, I don't know. I haven't rewatched Shrek, Ice but Age I, is, I just feel like Ice Age is kind of bad. It's, it's got its parts where it's bad, but Shrek 1 also is a lot less quality than Shrek 2. Yeah. If you remember I can that. see that, yeah. yeah. Um, but Ice Age, the meltdown, the, just from the looks of it, like, it has better quality, but it doesn't look as good. You know what yeah. I mean? Animation quality is good. Somehow yeah. this is like choppy, yet real to me. It's got some like authentic, authenticity to it, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things I was surprised about in rewatching it was some of the different environments they go to. Because I just expected it all to be on the ice. This definitely does landscape super well. Yeah, the landscapes are pretty good. Um, it has some good scenic shots, but you know when you're just looking at like the ice cracking and stuff like that, it, it looks yeah. very like cartoonish. You know? Yeah, yeah. But the the scenic backdrops 
look almost real. Not like they look real, but they are going for more, a more realistic look to right. them. Yeah. I was surprised with the amount of like camera shots, like strategically placed camera shots in this, like the cinematography. Was there any specific scenes? Well, at the beginning, dude, like Scrat <laughs> with his acorn. And there's just like, you can tell he's insane just by like the Dutch angles. Yeah. And it just like shows you like the perspective from far away. And it, it's really neat. It's really, really neat. Um, yeah, let's talk about Scrat a little bit. Okay. <laughs> For some other reason, I was like, when I thought of the movie, I first thought of, I thought of the name Sid, but I pictured Scrat. <laughs> and I was like, I got him mixed up. But then no, like, okay. even before we like kept watching them, even before we watched the movie, I was like, oh wait, that's wrong. <laughs> but I knew I was like thinking of that other character. Um, but yeah, I really liked those. I thought those little transitions, you know, with him in it, his story, yeah. I actually thought that was going to be annoying rewatching it, but I actually was yeah. finding myself like pretty enjoying it. No, he, he's entertaining for sure. And Pretty he's really cute, too. He's so anxious. Yeah. He's like a little chihuahua. I love it at the end, like when he's just melted in the block of ice, <laughs> and he's just waiting. He's just waiting for the ice to melt. Just thawing out. And then just the acorn just falls off, and the tide gets it before he can get out. I, I That was hilarious. The never-ending chase. And he even like interacts with the actual main story, too. Yeah. A little bit. And he affects different things too. Like <laughs> he affects yeah. a couple avalanches. He probably started the volcano. Well, he did at the end, but <laughs> I was I was enjoying it from the aspect of it just being like like a like a silent movie, you know, like yeah. a silent comedy. Yeah. Um so me and you like recently went and watched The Fablemans. Yeah. And which is not like a silent comedy, but and it's very good, but also kind of hard to watch just because of the story. Yeah. But anyway, there's a lot of scenes of like the main character, Sammy, like filming movies with his friends. And there's a lot of like, it's just kind of like silent movies. Mm -hmm. And just the art of like telling a story like visually without like, you know, dialogue. I was like really enjoying those parts of the movie. And so yeah. I was thinking of the Fablemans when I was watching Ice Age. <laughs> what's wor what's better, Fablemans or Ice Age? Rank them now. Have to let us you know. know. Stay tuned for my letterbox score. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I remember. Okay, I do remember that seeing this in the theaters because I believed, like at the beginning, that Scrat was just dead after he got stepped on, even though he's like oh. squealing. Like I assumed, like okay, he's not an important piece. He's just a good like segue into the intro, mm -hmm. uh, into the actual story. Right. Yeah. But turns out he became like the Mickey Mouse of Blue Sky Animation. <laughs> like, he's the spokesman, spokesperson for that. That's true. Even at, like, before, I mean, Blue Sky Animation is no longer a thing because they were bought by mm -hmm. um, Disney because they were owned by Fox. They were a Fox thing, yeah. Um, but they did, like, their little uh, goodbye, like, we're sad to end the series in the, in the animation studio as it is, but they kind of made him the mascot and the theme of that like final goodbye hmm. post. It's pretty cool. 
a couple things I want to hit on there. I, I do want to talk about Blue Sky Studios a little bit. Mm-hmm. But before that, thinking like how you didn't know if Scrat was like going to be back later in the movie. Like rewatching this movie, I could not remember if like, you know, the human, like, you know, the family, the mom that like saves, saves her child. Yeah. And then like she disappears into the water. Yeah. Like she's dead. Like yeah. I thought she, I thought she came back at the end. I couldn't remember. No, I'm... I thought like maybe she like got like sent back downstream or something. No, and I was like, oh, she's she was gone. No, it's like it was sad. It's it really really well done like death scene. Yeah, because it doesn't show the actual death, so it's good for kids. But it's super meaningful. It's like like the stare down that she has with with Manny, and Manny mm-hmm. just like freezes yeah because he's in shock and it means so many more things near the end that we'll figure out we'll we'll talk about that later but like that scene is so meaningful and it sets up the whole story yeah you can tell like she gets the sense that like my child's in good hands right and she she's like she's like okay to like leave leave her child here because obviously like she's She's injured. She's, you know, not going to make it. But, and then at the same time, though, Manny's like about to like walk away because he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm still trying to get rid of the last thing I saved. Well, she just trust. She just trusted him. Obviously, yeah. that's her only option. Yeah. Um, but like, still, imagine trusting a mammoth and an annoying sloth to just raise your kid after that. All right. I've seen Jungle Book. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Add that to the list of similar movies. Um, not really. I guess kind of, but not. I just I just was reminded of that. I know we're just hopping around all over the place, but that's how we do it. Yeah. Um, Blue Sky Studios. I did want to talk about this animation studio. Okay. Mainly because like when I look at the list of movies, I don't think I've seen any of these movies except for Ice Age. I mean, right. uh, basically Ice Age has become was like their cash cow. Yeah. It, okay, the other movie that I've seen on here was the follow-up to Ice Age was Robots, which I saw. Robots slaps, dude. <clears throat> and you I, will was, never understand that. I never will. I guess not. That's one of those we're going to have to have a guest on. Uh and then you're going to have to just sit back and enjoy the movie because that movie is so good. Yeah. I think that was a case of it being like overhyped for me. And when I watched it, I was like, Oh, I don't know if I like this that much. Yeah. That's in your, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, there's all the ice age sequels. There's Dr. Horton, Seuss. I don't think I saw Horton. Here's a who we saw that in the theaters. I think that was after I left. Yeah. FCA. I don't think I was there. No, anymore. That was definitely a, school field trip dude we went on a lot of those <laughs> um rio is their other like second biggest hit yeah. i think i didn't see that and then there's uh the movie epic okay it's a rio 2 i didn't watch that uh the peanuts movie i remember when that came out but i didn't see it yeah no um there's a movie called ferdinand the poster just oh, has like bull. an animated bull. And then there's Spies in Disguise. Spies in Disguise was their most recent one. Was it really? 
Yeah, that's the last film they went out on. <laughs> what? That's really recent. I thought. Yeah, I guess they closed in twenty twenty one. Twenty nineteen. I mean, yeah, it was only in the last couple of years that it got closed down. But wow. I mean, like very you said, different movies for all of these. Weird, yeah, even like, different animation styles. I don't know. It made me kind of curious to maybe watch some of these because I didn't. I don't know. I don't really know. I feel like a lot of these animation studios like have kind of a personality to them of like mm-hmm. you know what kind of movies they are. And with these, since I haven't seen most of these, I'm like, okay, I don't really. Other than Ice Age, the first one, yeah, like I haven't really seen any of these. Okay, so Robots is good, okay. really good. Horton Hears a Who. That's weird because I feel like they should have also done the Lorax, but I guess they didn't. Yeah, that wasn't on the list. So I, I, you know, I, I, I guess by saying I haven't seen a lot of those, <laughs> they're probably a lot of people listening might be like, oh, I guess none of those are childhood staples. But hey, but if they are for you, let us know. We yeah. will need a guest for robots because we are definitely doing that movie. I love it. <laughs> I and you know you had a point earlier. You're talking about the Ice Age sequels and like these are theatrical movies. Like they weren't just straight to DVD. So I yeah. I don't know, you know, why we never watched them. Other than we just got a sense from the second one, like oh this isn't going to be as good. They definitely <laughs> give off a different vibe. And what's yeah. weird is that I from what I understand is that they don't feature any more humans okay so they're all like they go for a goofier like zany vibe they meet all these different creatures i know mm-hmm. i know like i don't know if they're possums or whatever um but they meerkats or something they come across mm-hmm. those and those become huge like a huge species featured mm-hmm. in the next couple of movies and then they do dinosaurs and i think there's one where they actually go to space I think it's the last one. Yeah. Uh and that's that's probably where that's probably like their reasoning writing them off instead of killing them and extincting them. It's like, oh, they just went to space. They left the <laughs> earth. Yeah. I'm I am actually really excited to watch the rest of these. So Yeah, I, I'm open to giving them a chance. I do get that sense that they, they definitely lean into the comedy more. Yeah. When I was reading about this one, I think this one was originally developed as more of like an act, like an adventure drama, yeah, like to have a more serious tone. But then they kind of decided to bring some more comedy into it. So I feel like this one has more of a balance than probably the other ones do. But I'll have to I'll have to hold my judgment until I until I see the other ones. Yeah, there's this one is definitely probably the most serious one. I once again we can't compare, but that's true. If you notice, like, they keep the animals. Probably the biggest thing that I enjoyed about this movie is how, like, serious they were about symbolism and plot. Because if you notice, there's, like, a huge tonal shift in the um, human scenes. So they're going to the tribes. None of them are being funny. It's all serious and dramatic, pretty much. But, like, as soon as you go back to the animals... They're mm-hmm. kind of whimsical again. That is true. I didn't. I didn't really think about it's that. It's never comedic. It's always serious with it with humans. And I I didn't come up with this on my own, but somebody I read it somewhere that uh, it's like they intended that on to create like a disconnect between humans and animal life as we are like mm-hmm. the top species. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfect. 
Which makes sense that the other ones aren't as serious. But I wish they would have more humans involved in the next ones. But yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't really know. I bet it was a challenge for the writers to kind of think of another way to bring them into it without them like hunting them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but but I I guess like they gave him a pretty good send off in this one. Yeah. But also um I'm sure reviews on this movie weren't great in regards to the animation of the humans because people dog on them a lot like they're <laughs> ugly looking which i think they're fine it's it's the not baby's that bad. cute but like the baby became a meme ice age baby became a meme <laughs> yeah they're not they're not that bad it's just that it's so it's such early days in the cgi yeah, world you know yeah. uh i wanted to ask like what was some of your favorite scenes in the movie football dodo scene really the good I, I remember liking that scene. I, I remember thinking it was pretty clever. Like, just like how they're like doomsday preppers. Yeah. And like in trying to prepare for the Ice Age, they all just go extinct because <laughs> they're so clumsy chasing the melons. Yeah. I'm not going to say that melons weren't around. I'm not going to deny the fact that watermelons existed in the Ice Age. But maybe they were a little bit different back then. Those looked like. 2023 watermelons. <laughs> okay. If they're claiming that this is like millions of years ago, mm -hmm. um, they also foods in like gourds and stuff used to be huge back then, as well as like the huge animals. Is that a fact? I don't know. It's don't not know a. I don't know if it's a fact, but that's what scientists <laughs> claim. Um, so I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that fruits looked exactly the same because bananas don't even taste the same as they did 50 years ago yeah and you know there's a scene where they okay i'm just realizing what you just said and I'm, i just walked right past that say that again you don't know <laughs> how, do you, how do you know bananas tasted different 50 dude years okay ago? so bananas give <laughs> off some weird like radiation not enough to kill you or anything but like over the over the years, like banana flavoring used to be what bananas tasted like. What? Yeah. How do you know this? I don't know. <laughs> Just made it up. No, it's probably some like SciShow tangents episode I listened to. That's just a myth that I've heard. Or a theory. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I, a, a food theory. So should Episode we freeze some bananas YouTube. and then pull them out in 50 years on the show and make and, banana bread? And, and let the listeners know like if it still tastes the same. Possibly. But what if our taste buds change? That's, mm. that's probably what it is. I don't know. I'm just going to stop making scientific claims because I don't know anything. I'm a graphic designer. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Dodo football scene was legendary. Um, probably my favorite overall is just the the road trip montage. Okay. Yeah. Added on to the ice cave adventure. The, yeah. I wrote down the shortcut going through the cave, yeah, the shortcut, that sequence that that's my favorite part of the movie, yeah. but also the montage before is classic. Yeah. Great I consider music. that all part of the, pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, it's rusted root. This is what got me into rusted root. 
Swift's singular song. <laughs> they have another one I like, but it's pretty much just Send Me On yeah, My Way. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, Send Me On My Way. I mean, that was in Matilda, but we don't know it as Matilda, you know? Yeah, no, this movie, like, it's definitely tied to Ice Age. Like, almost as strongly as Smash Mouth is to Shrek, I feel yeah, like. I would agree with it's that. It's almost as strong. Even more, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah. It's such a good song. It is. It is. There's a lot of good, a lot of good jokes in that scene. I, there was one that you caught, like, for the first time. Do you know which one I'm, ta- I'm talking um, about? Where, like, they, they, like, are walking and then they stop. And then there's, like, a puff of smoke and it's red. And then they wait for another puff of smoke to pop up, and it's green. Yeah. And it's like a stop, like an ice age stoplight. Yeah. No, I just you're just like I never caught that before. No, I've I've known that. Oh, I'm okay. talking about the, like the the ship of ice that crossed the street. Oh, I don't know what they I... were trying to make a joke out of that or not. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, does that mean like global warming? But it's the opposite. It's the ice age. It wouldn't be melting. I thought you. I thought you like you didn't get that it was a stoplight. No, I definitely got that as a stoplight. That's so simple. <laughs> I was just reading into that. <laughs> I was trying to figure out. I I hadn't gotten it fully. I was just trying to figure out if there was a joke there or not. Okay. That I should have known about. Maybe like a current global warming because that was a huge deal back then. I was gonna. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Like at the very end. Sid makes like the joke that every dad has made over the last like 23 years, <laughs> which is like, oh, it's pretty cool. Could you could use some global warming right about now? Yeah. I just heard that. and I was like, that's such a dad joke. But it was probably a clever joke. Like when the movie came out. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I don't know. I, it was probably a little bit funnier back then. When I heard it now, I was like, OK. <laughs> Yeah, I, okay, maybe I'm just not reading anything. Maybe it's just a random piece, but there's got to be an underlying joke in there somewhere. Hmm. Of just a huge, like, melted glacier crossing the ice path. As if it's a ship or a car. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Actually, I never thought maybe about that. Maybe it's just a I just... joke that didn't make sense. Pro- probably. Probably. So, um, yeah, my, my scene, my favorite scene was, was when they, like, uh, Diego tries to take him through the shortcut, through those caves. And I always thought that was, there was a lot of, there's just a lot of good jokes in there, like visual jokes. Yeah. And then there's, like, a fun, like, action scene where they're, like, chasing the baby through those, like, slides, those frozen slides through the tunnels and stuff. That's really cool. But then I also remember, like, the kind of serious tone it takes when they like discover the cave paintings. Right. And like you find out the backstory with Manny and like how he like lost his family. Let's get into this now. Let's just do it. Let's so there are three it. important pieces to this movie. The rest is just comedy and filler. All right. We've got the mother's death scene passing along the baby. Then we've got the cave paintings. Then we've got the very ending where they drop off the baby. Mm-hmm. And all of it has to do, not with the baby, with Manny. Okay? Yeah. So growing up, I associated myself with a kid because I was a kid. So thinking, I didn't think that Manny 
was the father that lost his kids. I thought Manny was the kid and just lost both of his parents. I didn't mm. I didn't follow the cave painting very well. Mm. Um but now that I realize that it makes so much sense. It's like why he like pauses whenever he sees a human or like how much like why he's so Oscar the Grouch, why he's such a grouch. Yeah. It's because he's lost his family. And it's not like he grew up without a family. He's not like an orphan that doesn't know any different, but he's like jaded from the world. Um, yeah. What else? I wrote some notes down about it. I mean, you see it from the very beginning of how he's just like, he's on his own. He's, yeah. he's cynical. Everyone else is moving south for the migration. And because everyone else is going south, he's going to go north. And, and like, someone says like, I people. thought mammoths traveled in herds. He's like, this one doesn't. Sorry. Yeah. This one doesn't. <laughs> not this guy um i don't know it just it i just always thought he was the son in mm. the cave paintings and like that just makes it so much more special at the end and it really adds to his character because like from what we can tell this is the same tribe that killed his family hmm. um so he's basically doing the opposite of anything he could dream of is returning a human child to the dad that killed his family. Mm. He could have had revenge, but no, he does the right thing and he delivers a human baby back to his family so that they can have somewhat of an intact family. And I think that is so beautiful. Like, this movie made me cry a little bit at the end, and that's the first time I've ever cried at this movie. <laughs> Just wait till you get to the meltdown. The waterworks, <laughs> yeah. man. You'll be crying, dude. But, uh, yeah, I just didn't expect Ice Age, of all the movies, to have such a deeper meaning. Hmm. It seems like such a very simple plot, but it really doesn't. It really ties you in emotionally with Manny, and I guess I just didn't, I, as a kid, I identified as a kid, and I couldn't comprehend having my own family, let alone losing them. Mm -hmm. But I, now that I've grown up, I can understand having that <laughs> and how painful it would be losing that. I always put myself in Sid's shoes. I'm the annoying younger brother, and like, I'm just here to make jokes and enjoy my time. Like, this is gonna be a great, this is gonna be a good time. Yeah. But this time, I was just like, I am Manny. I feel for this guy. I never understood why he was such a grouch. But it makes so much sense now. Yeah. Everything clicks. Yeah, you really missed out on that as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know that I saw it as like, it's the same tribe of people that like killed his family. Yeah. But it's possible. It's very possible. But but still the lesson is there of like how he overcame that and was yeah. like if this was my kid, I would want them to return. Exactly. Like, I'd want them back. I'd do anything. He didn't really understand that until that cave scene, okay? Cuz he he like stopped in his tracks and was reminded of what am I really doing it? What am I really doing here, you know? Uh when his trunk was feeling the drawing of, of Manny's kid and then the baby's hand is there and then manny like kind of touches 
the baby's hand, he realizes at that point what he's doing and why he's doing it. And right then and there, the bond was formed. Halfway through the movie. He kind of reluctantly was doing it because he was guilted into doing it by Sid. And he didn't want him to get eaten. I mean, he always like felt bad. But like, yeah, he wasn't fully, fully on board until that moment. Sorry, I, that was a lot of analytics right there. Well, and then, and you, I mean, that's the whole payoff too to the end of the movie, which you probably even understood that at least as a kid was yeah. like, you know, now that he's got Sid and Diego, like he's got a family again, he's like a found family. Gonna be honest with you guys, this is the weirdest herd I've ever been a part of. <laughs> uh. But no, at the ending, that the only meaning was like, oh, they got their goal. They got their kid back. You know, that's great. And I did know that there was a disconnect between animals and humans because, you know, they humans kill animals. So I knew that and how it was like special that the humans didn't try and attack them at the end. One thing I learned from the cave painting scene was that um, the saber-toothed tigers used to play tag with the antelopes did you know this <laughs> oh look they're playing tag with their sorry I, disclaimer i'm so sorry usually i can do a sid impression that's mediocre enough but i think they're just bad today <laughs> let's talk about diego and okay. the saber-toothed tigers i i actually remember like i was Obviously, I was older than you when this movie came out, but like I remember, like feeling kind of like scared of the saber tooth tigers. Like I thought they were pretty frightening. Yeah, no, they did a good job of that. I feel like they were good, except for like obviously, there's like always like an oddball or two like in the pack, and so they yeah. animate them to like look very cartoonish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I feel like the serious ones were like kind of like Diego and like the boss man. Like they were just like I was scared of them. Like as a kid, it's also because you don't see them, but you know that they're so close. Like, they're mm -hmm. watching. That's true, yeah. And you're, like, paranoid looking behind your back the whole time. Uh, let's talk about the cast. Yeah. And then we can start with these, with, with the Sabretooths. Because okay. star-studded cast, for sure. Okay, yeah. There are so many people in this movie that I had no idea were in this yeah. movie. <laughs> like, let's just go through, go through the list. <laughs> okay. First of all, Diedrich Bader as like the second in not necessarily like the competitor for second in command crazy I, I never knew that but I knew always knew I was super annoyed with him if you don't know who that is it's Rex Quando from Napoleon Dynamite oh yeah it's yeah. Tank from Surf's Up it's Jethro slash Jethreen from the Beverly Hillbillies remake from the 1990s <laughs> starring the guy who played Ernest Oh, come on. You know his name. Talk about Jim a star-studded... I know. Let's talk about a star-studded cast. That one has a star-studded cast. Yeah. Um, um, who else, though? Uh, Jack Black as the yeah. crazy one, which, now that I've seen Kung Fu Panda, I don't think he fits this, this role. I enjoyed this character mm. a lot, but yeah. all I hear is some dude trying to do a Poe impression. <laughs> And I'm glad that Jack Black got his own franchise of voice animating or voice acting. Um, but yeah, I they could have done better. They could have done better. Not at the time, but yeah, I it was super obvious that it was him as yeah. an adult watching it. 
But as a kid, I mean, I at that time, I hadn't seen wasn't anything. Jack super famous back then. Yeah, this I came up before anything. Nacho Libre, came up before School of Rock, um, and before Kung Fu Panda. So, I'm sorry I didn't see Shallow Hal in theaters, <laughs> you know? <laughs> sorry I didn't watch The Holiday as a, as a kid. <laughs> um, Cedric the Entertainer and Steven Root... <laughs> As the, the are the, they're the like rhinos, right? The stapler right? guy from Office Space. From Office Space, yeah. What a duo right there. <laughs> Carl. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan Tudyk was in this. I didn't. Okay, who did he play? I, um, I can't tell by the name. It says Lenny. Is that which character is that? He's not the rhino. Alan Tudyk. Lenny a homotherium. <laughs> it's got their like prehistoric animal names on Wikipedia next to them. I'm like, I don't know what this is. Um, I assume that. But Alan Tudyk, um, I don't know a lot. He was like K2SO Knight's in Tale. Rogue One. Knight's Tale. Oh, so Alan Tudyk played like the bigger, like muscular saber tooth tiger. Okay. The, the one that was a little scared. Mm. Yeah, that that was good. Well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about the main cast. Ray Romano as oh yeah, I was going to say, mammoth. did you know Ray Romano was in this movie? <laughs> did you know? This is his big break. Just kidding, know, right? Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about our love for that sitcom. That was a staple TV show in our house. I'm going to say it, and I might trigger a certain listener named Jesse Vaughn, but. Everybody Loves Raymond is a better sitcom than Seinfeld. And you know what the evidence is for that? Um, Ice Age has many sequels. B-Movie has no sequels. None! Zero sequels. You like jazz? Didn't think so. Although we haven't seen any sequels of this series. <laughs> so, don't tell them that. Regardless. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so... John Leguizamo. Okay, so John Lugu- like <clears throat> Okay, so John Leguizamo as Sid. Probably right there. One of the most unmatched, most unique voice acting jobs ever made. I don't think anybody can match his voice. <laughs> Even though every kid in America probably tried to. Yeah, but everyone <laughs> also tried to do stitch. Yeah, that's true. Pick a pick a fly. Pick a pick a flying fish. Most people can only do like the the lift at the end, but I don't know. He's got such like a rasp to it. I don't know. He's great, and uh, he is in I think only one other movie that I know of that I have seen, and that would be Chef. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff, and I like definitely recognize him. But it's hard to say. Like I remember when I found out it was him that did the voice, I was like really surprised. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't really know a lot of his movies. He was in the menu that just came out. Oh, he played Bruno in Encanto. I remember that. Remember that staple. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. He was Rat Number Two in Doctor Doolittle Two. Oh, uncredited. That makes sense. I can I can hear him as a rat. And then Dennis Leary, aka the dad from Sandlot. Yeah, that's the only thing I know him <laughs> from. Or the police officer dad from. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was, uh, he was a voice in A Bug's Life. 
Oh yeah, that's right. Interesting. He's got one of those like you can't identify his voice until you look for it. It's really really an interesting voice. But yet, have you seen Chef? No, dude. Top five movies in my book. Period. I've heard it's amazing. I, I just haven't. It's it's a back burner movie for me for sure. Someday I'll get around to watching it. I will watch that movie anytime you want to. Okay. It is so good. Let's watch it now, and then we'll finish up and okay. finish out the podcast. Listeners, just pause and watch Chef while we pause. Okay, we're back. Yeah, uh, who else? Uh, Jane Krakowski from Kimmy Schmidt in <laughs> 30, Rock. 30 Rock. She plays one of the other sloths in the hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's interesting. It's like right before their big breaks. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Is like the, in the hot tub, <laughs> one of them was just like, "Oh, he's not much to look at, but it's hard to find <laughs> a family man, you know." Yeah, all the sensitive ones get eaten. <laughs> There's a couple of visual jokes going back to like the cave. If we can jump back there, yeah, um, in the shortcut scene that I thought was really funny. I, I always really liked the scene of he's walking through and he sees like all the creatures like frozen in the ice next to him. Yeah. And it's like in the different stages of evolution. And then yeah. he stands at the very end and like the camera cuts back and you see them all like line up almost like an Animorphs book, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. I always thought that was really clever. Yeah. I thought that was funny. And then randomly there's just like a spaceship frozen yes. in the ice. I think that was supposed to be a joke, but they actually played off of that because the fifth one is about space. I mean, I've, I have a feeling they're going to like, once the ice melts, they're going to find that and I that's going to be their escape. I hope they bring it back. This is going to be like our predictions. Even the movies already come out. <laughs> it's like the Potterless podcast, but we only go through Ice Age <laughs> one scene at a time. But I, I like when they, they see the, the ship and then it cuts to the baby and the baby just does like the Star Trek sign. It's just like, bah, <laughs> bah. That was, that was definitely one of those jokes that I heard older people uh, yeah. laugh at. So I was like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to do that. And I was yeah, like, no, what does I that def- mean? And mom was like, oh, live long and prosper. I was like, oh, cool. Don't know what that means, but it sounds funny. <laughs> so learning how to do that hand Star Trek stuff was that's right. Was peak comedy in O two. <laughs> Going back to the Sabretooth Tigers, you probably don't have an answer for this, but I just want to ask, what was the deal with Diego's like glowing green eyes in that nighttime scene where like he's like trying like do you know what I'm talking about? It's like right after they get the baby and Diego is like, okay, I'm going to show you the way. And it's like the first night that they like decide to camp out and Manny's like really distrustful of him. Yeah. He's like looking at him out of the side eye, kind of trying to stay awake. Oh, like the, the, what the last Jedi ripped off of. Yeah. What I said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was weird. Like his eyes were, I don't know if it was supposed to be like the moonlight hitting his eyes differently. But it just think, looked like his eyes were just like glowing for some reason. I think that like was, was supposed to show like the trance he was in. Possessed. Like, this is the pack. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my job. But also, these guys are kind of cool. Yeah. And then he kind of snapped out of it. Um, 
that's probably a shot for the watchers, the viewers to not trust him immediately because you mm-hmm. kind of want to. I mean, the first scene you see of him, he's like, it won't be breakfast without that baby. Right. <laughs> like He's like, we know his job, but like, we don't know if we fully trust him yet. And that yeah. helps us not trust mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I feel like the audience doesn't trust him. No, but it's obviously like Manny and Sid are skeptical. You have beautiful eyes. Okay, so we to wrap up talking about the cast, I have like one last comment. So the characters, the actors that played Diego, Sid, and Manny, you know, John, Ray, and Sandlot Dad. Dennis. Dennis. When you look at their headshots on IMDb, you they just look like they've never been in the same room with each other. They've never <laughs> met each other. And that's possible Probably not. Since, since it is a... Uh, voice acting they just look like they're not friends at all three different social groups i don't know maybe they are maybe they hang out every week well so dennis leary is like a comedian is he and really? so i i feel yeah i he feel does like not he, look funny him and ray romano probably have crossed paths and i don't know if the other guy is too because like when you look him up it says like actor and comedian but i don't know if that's just because he's in comedic roles in movies yeah. So I don't know if he's also like does a lot of stand up or anything like that, but no, I can fully get behind this idea that those three people have never been in the same room together across five movies and have never met. <laughs> I I like I'm almost positive that. Yeah. Unless they met up at like the red carpet premiere in 2002, you probably. Know? Probably. <laughs> I am impressed though making five sequels and they didn't have to make any cast changes. It's pretty good. I know. Do you think they ever they really thought this movie was gonna last as long as it did? Probably not. Like this, I don't even, like like this is a franchise. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think they they could have made a sequel, but it probably would have ended there. <laughs> the other yeah. ones just seem ridiculous. Maybe a trilogy, but there's so many quotes in this movie that make me laugh genuinely. Um, but what would be like the most usable quote that you would use from? What do you use from this movie in context? I I mean, I feel like the inside quote for us with this one is just it's a pack of it's a pack of pack of, pack of, pack of flying fish. Yeah. Like, I feel like when one of us stutters on accident, the other one makes yeah. fun of us for and with in ending it with that. <laughs> we just like stumble over our words or we're like trying to describe something. Pack a pack of flies, pack a flea, pack a pack of flying fish. I don't even know why. That's just the one that we latched onto. It's a, it's so funny. Okay, here's a quote that I wrote down that wasn't like a standout quote as a kid, but I thought it was funny as an adult. <laughs> I was like, it's like, if you find a mate, you should be loyal. In your case, grateful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, if you find a mate in life, <laughs> you should be loyal. And in your case, grateful. I'm going like Fozzie Bear slash Adam Driver. Your <laughs> case, grateful. Oh my goodness, I would have seen. Fun life. You should be loyal. And in your oh, case, man. grateful. Can you imagine Adam Driver being the voice of like an animated DreamWorks franchise? I can. I want to. I want that. I want it so to bad. Um. Which actually brings me to another segment that I want to bring up. 
I love to recast things. You know, sometimes we like to do a recast, like who would play this character in the Disney live action remake? Okay. <laughs> this you can't really do live action remakes. That'd be weird. And you also can't replace the iconic voices. But if you had to, if you if Disney was like, I'm paying you a million dollars to be the casting director for our new upcoming reboot project, Ice Age, Disney version. Like, you can't say no to that. I'd do that for free. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sort of made a list. I might need some help. That's what I was like hung over. That's what I was hung up on uh, before we started recording. I was like, ah, I had this perfect idea and I forgot. So the first, if, if we had to, 2020, the 2020s version of Ice Age reboot. Obviously, it's not going to be as good, but we're just making money here, okay? Who's playing Scrat? You may ask. Um, who is a popular actor that could make Scrat's voices? And I'm saying, you're wrong. We're not going to go with an actor. We're going to go with our favorite Viner, Marcus Johns. <laughs> he would just make the best <coughs> noises. That's all you need. Okay, so Marcus Johns is playing Scrat. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I originally had this character in mind for Diego, and then I switched him because I was like, this is perfect. Um, nobody can replace Ray Romano as Manny, but I'm going Pedro Pascal. He's so popular in the 2020s, and even now he has a show where he's going on a, a long journey with an annoying mm -hmm. kid in The Last of Us and The Mandalorian, pretty much. <laughs> so I think he would do a good, like, grumbly, like, grouchy, different version, of course. Mm. Um, but he'll be Manny. And Sid, I'm drawn between two people. Michael Pena, which I don't think he can match <laughs> the voice, but he would be funny. He'd be funny. Yeah. And Dave Franco. <laughs> Dave Franco. I think Dave Franco can do the voice. And mm. he can be funny, but I don't know how funny he can be. I'd be willing to call them both in for an audition. Okay. Hear them yeah. out. Yeah. See what they can bring to the table. Um, do you have any ideas for Diego? I had a good, I had a really good one. You know, I had an idea. We'll see if you like it. Okay. I was inspired when you went the Pedro Pascal route. And yeah. I thought of the Mandalorian. And mm -hmm. I thought of Bill Burr as Diego. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Bill Burr as Diego. <laughs> Not you, the baby. <laughs> You're a little low on the food chain to be mouthing off, aren't you? <laughs> That broke me. That's perfect. <laughs> do we need a flash? Do we need a news flash every time your body does something? Well, I, I can sound like Bradley Cooper, Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. I've eaten, <laughs> I've eaten things that don't complain that much. Man, you got me into Bradley Cooper as Rocket. That's the one. That's that's was, him. Was that's, that it? That was my idea. I was gonna have Bradley Cooper as Rocket from TikTok, just his TikTok voice. 
not not Bradley Cooper himself. Just his recorded fake TikTok voice. I don't eat voice. junk food. I don't eat junk food. That'd be perfect for Diego. But I prefer Bill Burr. We're going Bill Burr. Okay. Or he can... Okay. So we've got the other Sabretooth Tigers to cast. Yes. No, as a group. As a group. Um, we've got... So the head tiger villain. Don't even know the actor's name. But he's got a menacing, like, scary voice. I'm going Benedict Cumberbatch just because he did a great job as Smaug. Uh, but the other tigers I've got cast. The Impractical Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> With the weird one who taking over for Jack Black is Joe Gatto. Yeah. That's and perfect. Sal is the big, like, f- weird, uh, scared one. <laughs> and Murr can be, I don't know. <laughs> it, it'll be fine. So that's, that's unless good. someone gets the today's punishment is the biggest loser, <laughs> yeah. then it's not gonna be fine. <laughs> but also Bill Burr with the impractical jokers. <laughs> sounds horrible. Anyways, yeah, that's our cursed casting for this for this movie. <laughs> Let us know if you like the this, and if you agree, comment on our Instagram. <laughs> That was and if perfect. you don't ag- and if you don't agree, well, ah, you know I'm too lazy to hold a grudge. <laughs> That's a good. That was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> so we talked about the ending scene. It's just, I guess there's not much else to talk about. We really talked about that in depth, but I don't know. It's got to be like the craziest thing, like giving I mean, up, <clears throat> looking for your kid, dropping his necklace turning around just looking for your kid only to see a mammoth come over the horizon and bring back your baby right as you give up looking for him wow put yourself in that dude's moccasins Uh, (laughs) also i'm just wrapping up my final thoughts pretty much of my last notes uh i would like to start a petition to have a ride at universal um or disney uh, recreating the ice slide arena. You can have four different tracks, but not like a roller coaster, but like a normal, like Disney, icy. Like I'm gonna cool off on this ride, ride, and we'll call it Sid's Ice Adventure. Hey, that's not bad. These movies were just asking for theme park rides back then. <laughs> um, is is this the petition part of the show? Because I'd like to continue our petition for Corey, Corey in the house to be put on Disney Plus. Just, Bring I just it want to back. put that out there again. We need Corey in the house. <laughs> Can we get t-shirts made of Bring Corey in the house? I'm sure someone already has made it. And Okay, well, I want one of those shirts. <laughs> Alright, Jonathan, I know I said I was done making bold scientific claims. Uh, this might be the craziest one of all. But, I'm not sure this is legit, because I saw this on a TikTok. But scientists are bringing back mammoths. Jurassic Park style? Jurassic Park style. Okay. They're going to do, they're recovering DNA. Um, and they're going to put that in an embryo with some specific, like the closest relative to a mammoth, some type of hairy elephant that exists currently. I think like some Russian type. 
Uh, Snuffleupagus. Yeah, <laughs> Snuffleupagus or a heffalump. Yeah. Um, and they are trying, not saying they're going to do it, but they're researching on maybe bringing back an alternate, like, hybrid version to bring back the once extinct mammoth. And all of this just to continue the Ice Age franchise, right? Yes, but live action, of course. Live a- right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, I really appreciate the effort because I've always wanted to see a mammoth in person. I've seen elephants. They're really cool. But I don't want to pet an elephant. I want to pet a mammoth. What if they bring them back and they don't look the way they've always been pictured? In um, like media, like in books and TV, then they'll just like yeah, we got the bones, but like oh, that's not true. They've they found it entire woolly mammoths like frozen in ice, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we know what they look like. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but no, like they animated him in a way like I just want to give Manny a hug. Is it because of his like Ray Romano middle part haircut? <laughs> That's another meme. That's all these Gen Zers looking like that. I think that's about it. Just, I wanted to make that announcement that Inside Quotes knows that some scientists are trying to bring back woolly mammoths. And they're trying to do that before 2020. Before 2030. Which won't happen. They're just trying. That's true. <laughs> um, do you got any final notes or quotes? Ooh, that's a good... Got any final notes or quotes? Hey, wide buddy, carbon next time. I I keep doing the Rocky Raccoon voice. A pine cone. I think there's there's definitely more quotes. I think that, um, I think I've said all the ones that I wrote down. The only other one I'm thinking of is like when Sid is like, "Oh, I wish I could fly," and and he's like, "Wish granted." And yeah, then just kicks him. One that I don't really use anymore, but I definitely heavily used it on the playground, especially during freeze tag. Um, every time I would escape somebody who was it, uh, I, I specifically have a memory of me hanging on the slide, and right before the guy who was it came up, I was hanging, and I said, Bon Appetit, dude! And I dropped, and it was it was a pretty cool drop the mic moment. Um, I can see that. <laughs> okay, I gotta say, I, was there not a kid at FCA that quoted this all the time? I don't think so. Okay, uh, I just have a, a guy in my high someone. school named Thomas Joyce. <laughs> Shout out to <laughs> Thomas, dude. Uh, he had the perfect Sid voice down, mm. and he would always. That's where I got the pack of flying fish from. Uh, because he would say that all the time. Um, and every <laughs> every time, show. what we should have had him on the show. I haven't talked to him. He went to FC actually. He was on the soccer team. Huh. Um, Thomas Joyce, <laughs> if you're out there and you want to be on a movie, let us know, dude. Um, movie podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But it was so funny. He would always, whenever the teacher would give us homework or something. He would be like, they do this every year. (laughs) (laughs) He was a funny guy. He was a funny guy. I would just say for me, just wrapping up here, I I, I know we mentioned like, this is definitely more of your movie 
And I can't say this is like one of my like all time favorites. Yeah. But it is a staple. And just rewatching this, I've not watched this in a very long time. Yeah. But rewatching it, I was it was just very instantly nostalgic. Right. And so many of the shots I just never realized were so ingrained in my mind. Like I remember this. Yeah. I remember and watching this a lot. <laughs> even the music specifically. I mean, obviously we just know Rusted Root, but that's true. The score is pretty good too. And I listened to it, but it's kind of like every single song is like a minute and a half. They're not there's mm. not a lot of score going on. There's a lot of silent parts. And it's good. It's not the greatest score I've ever heard, but it's iconic. It's yeah. got an identity to it. Mm-hmm. Um I just love that they kind of like pull a little Forrest Gump syndrome here or effect, mm-hmm. the Forrest Gump effect. Whenever they went to the dodo birds and like they pretty much caused it was gonna happen, but they pretty much caused the extinction of the dodo birds. Those yeah. three. <laughs> there goes our last female. <laughs> oh, I say, okay, when I'm when I'm dropping some I, I will I will quote the melons, the melons, the melons, the melons, the melons a lot. But yeah, I feel like we're gonna miss some quotes and people are gonna get mad at that because there's some great ones. Probably the most quotable that I use in Every day is uh, no thanks. I choose life. Oh, that's a good one. I meant to write that one down. I say that I, one I a lot. I say that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a good like context one. Like if you don't want to do something, ah, no thanks. I choose life. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of good there's a lot of good lines in here. A lot of just funny things that like Manny says, just making fun of Sid. I, I don't have them all written down, but I know that he's, he's got a lot of wisecracks. Yeah. Manny, just as funny as Sid, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sorry, fellas. He got a little frostbite. <laughs> That's a good one, too. I used to say that a lot. Closing thoughts. I, I definitely believed that if you roasted an acorn over a fire, it would turn into popcorn. I just <laughs> thought that's where popcorn came from for the longest time. That goes up there with, like, the moon's made out of cheese. Mm. <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you have a letterboxed review score for this rating for this movie? 4.5. 4.5. Yep. This is a class. I'm, I'm predicting this right now. This is going to be my final four in the bracket of staple wow. awards. And this is the only movie we've done this year. And so. we, we, we just did year three. And I know. We're just starting year four, and you're already calling your top four. This has got to be. Do you it. know what movies we have planned for this year, Jeremy? Do you I understand? understand? I understand. Do you understand? Yeah. Well, I gave this a three and a half out of five. Okay. I think it's. I you know, it's enjoyable and it's it's a solid movie, and it's nostalgic, but not not enough for me to like take off some of the blinders for me on this one yeah and for me it's just i like it and that's kind of that's kind of where it sits for me it's a good movie i've always considered it a 3.5 or a 4 but i think now that i watched this now and i enjoyed it and i read into it so much more yeah and it has a deeper meaning now and i the jokes were so much more funnier that bumped it up it's not a perfect five it's not a perfect five so yeah i think i think if i compare it for for whatever reason i pair this movie with like monsters inc and shrek i feel like it doesn't live up to those other two 
in my head as far as quality. Okay. But I objectively That's where I leave it. I'm objectively going to say this Monsters Inc is a better movie. I personally would rather watch Ice Age over Monsters Inc. Oh, I said just a short movie, thankfully. That's true. I was not expecting <laughs> it to be so short. But I think our episode is probably going to be longer than the movie. <laughs> or just about. Probably. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's our take to call it a day on this movie. Well, I guess so. Another day, another staple. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, next week it's going to be your turn to pick a movie. So do you have a hint for us? I do, I do. I am feeling something very French next week. Oh, Valentine's Day romance. We, oui, oui, oui. Here's a clip. How long do you think it will take to find the killer? Right now, the killer is being surrounded by a web of deduction, forensic science, and the latest in technology, such as two-way radios and email. Assign a man to be his driver who can report on his whereabouts at all times. What kind of man? A man who follows orders and doesn't ask questions. Inspector! Do you know if the killer was a man or a woman? Well, of course I know that. What else is there? The kitten? Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And if you haven't followed us on Instagram yet, what are you doing? Do it. Follow us at InsideQuotesCast. Uh, if you have any future suggestions for our show or have any comments on our hot takes or whatever... Uh, let us know. Uh, and then tell your friends about the show. We, we don't ask about this a lot, but we want this podcast to grow. Uh, and I feel like we've reached a lot of people so far, but we could re- always reach more. So homework this week is tell a friend about us if you like it. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to leave us a good review. Five stars, and we won't leave you behind during the Great Migration. <laughs> At least yeah. not again. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until then, we'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. Hey, Jonathan, what what do you say we hits out together? Great, yeah, jump on my back, relax the whole way. Wow, really? No.